Hi everyone, I'm Anna Close. And I'm Paul Ciperoni, and this is the Engineering History Podcast. If you want to hear about where engineering and history collide, then you're at the right show. Today on episode four, we will be going over... The Boston Molasses Flood. The Boston Molasses Flood? That's crazy. But first, let's give you guys some background about us. I'm a mechanical engineer uh, working at an aerospace company doing mostly manufacturing activities. And I'm a civil engineer focusing in water resources and water quality. Our alcohol for today's podcast is water. Cheers. Because sometimes your liver just needs a break. Mm. We were up. We were very intoxicated last night. Yeah. So, the Boston molasses flood. Now I feel like I've heard of this. Yeah. I and and I think it's probably exactly what it sounds like. What does it sound like? It sounds like a giant river of molasses going through the streets of Boston. Boston Harbor. And then it flowed into <laughs> Boston Harbor. <laughs> well. Yes, you got it. Nice. The podcast is over. That's wonderful. Show's done. Okay, well this might be our shortest episode yet. <laughs> I told you it would be a short one. <laughs> but do you know what molasses it's used for? Um, cooking purposes. Oh, that may be. I don't <laughs> Sure. What, what else is molasses used for? <laughs> Good question, Paul. <laughs> I'm glad you asked. Um, so around this time and in the beginning of the 20th century, molasses was fermented to make ethanol, which is an active ingredient in alcohol. And gasoline? Question mark? I don't think molasses was used in gasoline. Okay, never mind. But definitely alcohol. Yeah. It was used as a microbiological energy source and a range of fermentation processes. Um, it is also used to grow yeast, mold, and bacteria, which transforms sugars into alcohol. Nice. Can you guess which alcohol is commonly is molasses commonly used for? Okay, so I'm I'm feeling like molasses. I associate it strongly with the South. Mm-hmm. So I'm feeling like whiskey, bourbon, something like that. Yeah, it's rum. Rum. Okay. Yeah. Well, it's also a brown liquid. Yeah. <laughs> Just like rivers poop this. Hey, our dog is having diarrhea. <laughs> She's having all kinds of brown liquid. <laughs> Can't wait to taste. <laughs> That's getting cut. <laughs> Just kidding. Oh. Uh, anyways, going into the background a little bit more. Um, in 1915, the Purity Distilling Company wanted to build a really fucking huge tank to store molasses. Just giant. How, how big are we talking? Like gallons? More than three gallons. But less than 12 million. Yes. Okay. So Around that range. range. We do have a range. <laughs> um, this was at the beginning of the prohibi- Prohibition era. So they kind of had a time crunch to build this tank and use it to store molasses before prohibition really took into effect. Wait, so, but, what, like, why would prohibition keep them from just building a tank of molasses? Because, again, molasses was mainly, in this time, used to make rum. But then, is it, like, where weed was illegal and, like, hemp was also illegal, even though hemp isn't really weed? Um, I don't know too much about the prohibition I just, I, like, you know, like, no alcohol, but you still had, like, speakeasies. Sure. But in this particular case, there was a year-long grace period 
for alcohol production and sales, which is ah, why it was built so I fast. See. So, yeah. but what was the, like, were they just going to have a tank of molasses for one year and then just not use it anymore? Yeah, kind okay. of, right. I guess. I'm not entirely sure what, well, molasses was also used for munitions. Oh. So it wasn't just alcohol that was being, you know, produced from this molasses. It was mun- munitions, but their main focus was getting a really big tank built so they can produce as much alcohol right and make profit and then i guess whatever right, maybe transition the business or whatever yeah exactly gotcha. okay. that's kind of the the vibe that i got from, sure sure uh doing a little bit of research on this there's so much information on this and it oh, kind yeah? of all just says the same thing over and over again and i was uh-huh. like oh cool i can't wait to read this another five <laughs> times in the same in a different way, it's the same story. Yeah. Wait, but I haven't heard the story. Well, don't worry, because I'll tell you all about it. Let's fucking go. Let's go. Let's go, boy. Anyways, Arthur Jell was a treasurer for the United States Industrial Alcohol, and they were kind of working with the distillery company, um, and they were tasked with building this really big fucking tank. Right. Only problem was Arthur Jell was not a licensed architectural or engineering person. He had actually no knowledge of architecture or engineering. Buddy. So he just did it anyways. That's fucking <laughs> crazy. Yeah, and it and it very much echoes kind of who was the guy who built the dam in episode two where he oh, wasn't a PE or whatever, you yeah, know? Yeah, but he was self taught. He, he did had teach some himself kind yeah. of like know how this guy didn't no, know for sure. how to I, do anything. You know, one of the things I kind of feel like is like there's like a great aspect on that where it's mm-hmm. like someone's self-taught and that's like amazing and we're not gatekeeping. Um and then there's the other aspect of just like fuck it, I'm just going to build it. And this actually I feel like kind of goes into like sometimes like at work for example, I spec a lot of parts that need to be manufactured, you know. And sometimes like the technicians if there's like a question they'll just be like well i i'll just make it you know and like i don't feel like checking <laughs> and they just make some bullshit judgment call this doesn't really happen to my current job so much but and even past jobs i've had are pretty good but i specifically remember one of our buddies um who maybe i shouldn't say because he works for a military contractor but um it's not <laughs> basically he's told me one time he spec this part to go on an airplane and it was supposed to be in steel. It was like a bracket where there were like structural loads going on it. And then it failed during the flight. He did a failure analysis. He looked at the pieces of it and it was made out of fucking aluminum. <gasps> and he like went to the tech and he's like, why did you use aluminum? And he was like, oh, I just didn't have any steel. Oh, uh, <laughs> my like, guy, no. <laughs> right, just buy some. <laughs> That yeah. is so horrible. Yeah, apparently it was holding some, like, really important thing that... It was some whole big headache, apparently. But this was tested before, right? Yeah, this was the testing. Like, this wasn't, you know... Like, it... Because of this, we didn't, like, drop a bomb on, like, you know, some some Middle Eastern village. Yeah. We do that on purpose. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Moving forward. It's just kind of interesting that you said that this was at least tested because this tank 
not tested at oh, all. Oh my god. See, and as, as a former employee of the American Society of Mechanical Engineers, <laughs> where all we did was tank proof testing. Yeah. It was it that this is highly offensive to me actually. I know. Yeah. I mean, not only was it built very quickly, there was yeah. a Sorry, I don't mean to cut you off. I'm going to move River. No, she, River. She keeps tapping her thing. She keeps River. she does this really cute oh. thing with her head where she just will rub it on the floor. But it's, it's making some noise. <laughs> that I might actually cut out just to. No, just people, because the people need to hear River. Hey, fair enough. That's your call. Okay. okay. Sorry. Sorry to interrupt. How dare you? <laughs> <laughs> so, like I said, the tank was built very quickly, and they did not do the standard test to determine the structural integrity, and this test was basically just filling it with water to see if there were any leaks. That was not done at all. Not the same as what in the biz, I'm sure you know, we call a proof test. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Funnily enough, almost immediately after construction was done and molasses was put in the tank for storage, there were leaks. <laughs> wow. So even the fucking original thing didn't fucking work. Yeah. Okay. Fact, oh, oh, sorry. No. I was going to say... The tank was leaking so badly that it was eventually painted brown to hide the glass ah! <laughs> that was dripping on the sides. I love it. It's, yeah. th- this is literally almost exactly like the flex tape meme. <laughs> just, <laughs> just slaps the flex tape on the tank. I literally, like if they had flex tape in like the yeah. 1900s, they would have just done that. It, it probably would have done it a better job. It probably would have more than just painting the fucking tank. Honestly, just making a tank only out of flex tape probably would have held up better Did, than this shit. I'm pretty sure they made a boat out of flex oh. tape and it works. <laughs> I feel like that's true. Um, and like source, uh. trust me, bro. You know? <laughs> yeah. But like, I'm pretty sure that's true. I, so for me then that kind of like brings it to the level of like, this feels like pure negligence because these guys have identified a problem and they are actively not solving it <laughs> yeah. and just trying to hide it. <laughs> so it's even more than negligence. It's like covering it up. Yeah. Like the whole time I was reading this, you know that meme where the guy is sitting next to a really pretty girl in class and he's like yes, holding like it vein. in and he's yeah. got like the veins on the side. <laughs> that was me reading some of these stories. <laughs> Just it's fucking not that hard. Okay, wait, wait, wait. Could we, and I don't mean to take over, I realize you're driving here. Mm-hmm. Could could we play a, a game of mm-hmm. my own devising? Okay. Okay, can we play the game of, like, we wake up tomorrow morning and we're both engineers working on this project. Mm-hmm. I feel like it would not be that hard to solve this. Oh, probably, no. Like, what <laughs> no. would we do? I guess that's the game. Like, is, like, is it structural reinforcement? Is it just plugging the leaks like well it's not just structural apparently the material was not strong at all like it was like it was half of its usual strength and they didn't the steel that they used didn't have manganese which made it more brittle so wait but then why don't they just do a double walled like couldn't they just go back over the enclosure and reinforce it that's actually a really good idea i don't know why that's a question you know i think it was just negligence and just laziness honestly on Mm. the on arthur gel's part and Uh this group that he was working for yeah because like they like people literally like this is just a little like like side bit that i found was really interesting locals would go up 
to the tank and collect the molasses Let's that was running go. off of it. I love it. This is what I love about needs. these. <laughs> yeah. That's and so it's funny. like and like the locals knew that it was leaking. Everybody knew it was leaking. Everybody knew it was a piece of shit and Actually, one employee even warned Arthur Gell about the lack, lack of structural integrity of the tank, mm-hmm. but they did nothing except repaint it. Oh my god. Dude, this reminds me so much of episode two. Like, I know. Like, it, like, you were warned, at least in two though, that, and I don't know how this ends, but at least in two, the guy admitted his mistakes. Oh yeah. These guys feel like the type of people who would not do that. Yeah. I could, I, it's... It ends in the same way, but it's also different. Ooh, interesting. There's there's a reason it's called the Boston Molasses Flood. <laughs> yeah. Did, did you ever see that clip? Um, you probably didn't. I When I was a kid, I was, like, so into Star Wars to, like, an insane degree. Mm-hmm. And I think at, like, probably age 10, I watched every clip of George Lucas, like, in existence. Mm-hmm. And there's one where he's talking about the prequels, and he, he talks about, um, you know, like... It's like poetry, like it rhymes, you know? <laughs> and this feels like poetry where it, it rhymes with the original trilogy, right? So it's yeah. not like a retelling of that story, but mm-hmm. there's several beats that are hit in each story. For example, not to tangent us too far, mm-hmm. but Palpatine originally in episode three had a line where he told Anakin that he was the one who conceived Anakin inside of Pat, or inside of uh, Shmi, his oh, mom. Shmi! And then he said, in a way, I'm almost like your father, which of course would echo later uh, into uh, Empire Strikes Back when he tells Luke he's his, his father. father. But then that line was cut. I don't know why. Um, I think that would be really interesting. But I I don't know. I think that'd be interesting. Yeah. I guess, it, I mean, it's kind of up to, you know, maybe it's a matter of who, who says he didn't do that, you know? But. R&R. <laughs> anyway, sorry. Total that. tangent. Well, it was an interesting tangent, you know. Thank you. I mean, last Thank you, week. Queen. No problem, King. <laughs> last week, our tangents ended, like, talking about, like, Chet Hanks. Chet so. Hanks and the boog. <laughs> yeah. So, this is kind of on brand, at least. Pretty on brand, yeah. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, there are a couple other nicknames for this. Um, it's also referred to as the Great Molasses Flood or mm-hmm. the Boston Molasses Disaster. The Boston Molasses <laughs> This feels like, I don't know if you follow Depths of Wikipedia on Instagram. No. It's like a, it's like an account that just like collects all these weird Wikipedia like articles and like snippets and stuff. Interesting. And like the, the, sorry, what was it? The Boston Molasses Catastrophe? Disaster. Disaster. That feels exactly like something they would just like show the title of on that one. Yeah. Well... It's January 15th, 1919. Nothing happens. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) The tank was actually fine, and this is just like, you know, an alternate universe. They were worried about nothing. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. The leaks were totally normal. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, But actually, January 15th, 1919 was the day the flood occurred. Mm -hmm. Um, In the North End neighborhood of Boston, Massachusetts, near the Charleston River. The Charleston River near Boston Harbor. I wonder if they parked the keys. (laughs) They parked the car and the car keys there. They got a fucking cup of coffee when they parked the car. I'm so sorry to all our (laughs) Boston friends. (laughs) I mean, uh, it doesn't breathe. 
friend of the show. Yeah. Uh, doesn't she have family she in She has Boston? family up there, yeah. Uh-oh. Look out, Brie. Yeah. I mean, don't look out. We should look out, I yeah. guess. <laughs> yeah. And in New Jersey, which you, first time no. you met her, hey. you went in on New Jersey. I have strong New Jersey opinions, which do not bear getting sidetracked here. True shay. Anyways. Did you say true shay? I did. I, mean, <laughs> I kind of love that. I just meant to say true, and then I was like, no. Trey, true. True shay. I, I might steal that. Sorry. Um, well, I was going to say around midday of January 15th, 1919, the large molasses storage tank, storage tank, which is about 50 feet high and 90 feet in diameter, burst Uh-oh. with a long rumbling sound and a noise like a machine gun as the rivets <laughs> popped out. Get down! Get down! <laughs> Just the sound of Huey helicopters flying over the jungle dropping napalm. Like my like a someone's uncle's listening to this like I'm back in Vietnam. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I'm back in Vietnam, you don't know. Okay, you're you're not though. Yeah. You're in you're in an apartment. Paul, what if come I back can't forget? Paul, Paul, you're in a coma. Come back to us. There's a. Have you ever seen the film Gran Torino? No. There's a part in that movie where Clint Eastwood plays a Vietnam veteran, and I remember watching it. I think I watched it at around age twelve. And there's a part where he's like talking to some guy, and he's like, he's like, I didn't want to beat a teenager to death with a fucking shovel and then get a medal for it. Oh, <laughs> I remember just like watching that, and just being so fucking traumatized. Like, <laughs> what? What? <laughs> <laughs> no, but even just, like, the fact that, like, war isn't, you know, a clean thing and as a 12-year-old, you know. I mean, I still have no real conception of that, but as a 12-year-old, I definitely didn't. Yeah. You know. Is the teenager an aggressor? Maybe you should beat them to death with a fucking shovel. I just, I don't know what to say to that, except, you know what else is like a war zone? <laughs> uh, the Boston, Boston. Molasses Flood, because, oh, and... Trigger warning for anyone who loves horses. I love horses. Oh, you're going to have to plug your ears for this next bit. Um, <laughs> so uh, the tank burst, <laughs> and it contained 2.3 million gallons of molasses. And, gallons. Yeah, and it resulted in an 8 to 15 foot wave traveling at about 35 miles per hour through the surrounding neighborhood. Oh my god. Yeah, railroad cars were smashed. Buildings were lifted off their foundation oh and swept away God. from the force of the molasses wave. And nearby elevated railroads girder was bent. The there was one building that was lifted off its foundation. That was the engine thirty one firehouse and its second floor caved in after the building was hit oh by the molasses wave yeah so who is why li- i mean i guess the people who built the tank is liable for that right yeah there there is a, a civil lawsuit that we'll get into later okay. that i kind of found some information in but sure. um this is this is really sad not because people died but horses oh, yeah. since you know there was a lot of horse and buggies around this sure. time people again which we don't care about but horses were caught by the wave and fought to escape, but only sank further into oh. the sticky liquid. Oh, my God. That's brutal. Yeah. I, I, so, and I guess just for my understanding, it's leaking out of a tank, mm-hmm. and then it's flowing. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I, I picture molasses as very, like, slow and, like, gelat or not gelatinous, but just viscous, you know? Yeah. Is this more liquidy? Like, how, how's... 
I mean, I think it's it's um I don't think it's been processed or anything. So okay. it's the same kind of molasses that you'd find sure anywhere if you went to buy molasses. I feel like if I bought molasses, like it would be, like I, not to be a victim blamer or blame <laughs> the horses or anything, <laughs> but I'm imagining just a very slow wave, just like. No, this this bitch was traveling fast, thirty five miles an hour. Sure, sure. You know how you can only outrun that for so long. You, can, I don't think. What's you, like the top speed of a human? I think thirty five. But Usain that, Bolt, also a case of nominative determinism. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. I just, that just <laughs> struck me because he's a really fast person. Yeah. I was thinking like, who's the fastest person? Yeah. Um, but sorry, you were saying something. Well, I think the fastest person is around 35, maybe okay. a little bit more. All right. Um, yeah, it's, I think the, the pressure of the tank and then just the mass, because it was like 2.3 million gallons. That's it was a, a big boy. Yeah. It was a big boy. No, that's a lot of molasses. Top, you know? So I'm, I, so is it that the molasses is really viscous, but there's just so much of it that's traveling so fast, or is it that it's a little more liquidy? I think it's just that there's so much of it. It was traveling oh, so right. fast, right. and there was a lot of pressure. Christ, yeah. Yeah. Oh, my God. Because, it, yeah, it's it's still, it's, like, a little, like, thicker than, you know, like, some, like, like most liquids. Yeah. Not my pee, though. hey <laughs> That not, is chunky as fuck. I need I to drink more water. Them, but I'm not really comfortable <laughs> doing so. <laughs> I need to Luckily, drink. Luckily, we're drinking water right now. Yeah. Oh, I'm all out. Oh. Well, oh, no, we scared River. Sorry, River. <laughs> mm. Anyways. <laughs> um, oh, the final death toll was 21. Ooh. But 150 people were injured, and countless horses died due to the molasses disaster as Oh, well. my God. Can you imagine? <laughs> I just, know, I like, know. <laughs> chilling one day, and then like, all of a sudden, like... Yeah, just a giant wave of molasses, just like comes towards you yeah like imagine you're just like a horse just like chomping down Mm -hmm. on hay you know flicking your your tail just like i gotta go you know bring the masters to their their (laughs) home (laughs) (laughs) are we just gonna make horse noises the rest (laughs) i'm okay with that um and then like just like an eight foot wave of like sticky brown stuff yeah, the worst would be you, you would probably just assume that was poop, you know? Because, like, <laughs> no. what other brown liquid? Like, I would assume a sewer overflowed or something. Yeah. Well, molasses has a very sweet smell to it. Oh. So, nah. Unless it was really, like, sugary poop, maybe you ate a lot nah. of poop-type nah. activities. I'll stop you right there. Okay, no. that's, that's valid. But, like, drowning in molasses, man. That sounds horrible. That, I mean... Because especially because it it's because it's so high viscosity, mm-hmm. it it feels like it would crush and kind of like almost entomb you in a certain way. Yeah, it's almost there was like um, one article that I read where people looked for signs of life just by like like tiny movements under the oh. molasses because it was literally yeah, just it's so sticky. You know, it's like yeah. it's like quicksand once you <sighs> once you like. Jesus. Get stuck in it. It's hard to get out. So can you swim out of it? Not really. Oh. I mean, 
I assume you'd get so tired because you're yeah. pushing just, oh my God. Yeah. That's horrible. Yeah. I mean, unless you're like holding on to something, you can kind of climb your way out, yeah. but it would still take a lot of effort. Oh my God. Yeah. And that's how a lot of people died. They were like drowned or they got so tired of trying to keep their head above that yeah. they... Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, like I said, countless horses died. <laughs> and the disaster occurred at the um, Purity Distilling Company near Keeney Square. Um, and the company used the Harborside Commercial Street Tank to offload molasses from ships and store it for later transfer by pipeline to the Purity ethanol plant, which is where it would turn into rum. Yeah. Just an interesting little tidbit. Um, so the aftermath. Uh, cleanup started almost immediately by spraying the streets with salt water and sand. Salt water and sand? Yeah. Good for an abrasive thing? Yeah, to, uh, like, kind of just get yeah. it, like, uh, all Scrape. clumped together and then, exactly. Yeah, why don't they do that, like, with, like, you know, we live in SF. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of stuff on our sidewalks that yeah. has been, you know, kind of glomped on, mm-hmm. uh, let's say, uh, to the sidewalk. Mm-hmm. I wonder if a similar solution could be used to remove that so because i see people power washing which is all well and good yeah but i don't know if it can get maybe as much well you notice noticed how the trees kind of in our neighborhood like they're covered in sand yes like the base is yeah, covered yeah. in sand i think that's what that's one thing that they're doing really yeah huh that's crazy well yeah. i mean i guess it's not that crazy if they're using it in boston in like the early 1900s yeah because it's a good it's a good um sort of uh you know com- comprehensive uh uh, medium to like get things to stick together no there's also at at work you know we have a machine shop and sometimes if i've been using machines i'll use the special soap we have that has sand in it i I think maybe yeah yeah yeah. yeah. it's got the little like rumbly boys and yeah you just wash your hands with it and take stuff right off the sand it's coarse it's rough (laughs) it gets everywhere (laughs) (laughs) well too much star wars podcast (laughs) as if that was as if that was possible yeah (laughs) So, the Charles River surrounding the North End neighborhood actually turned brown from the molasses flood. God, I never turned back. (laughs) My Boston homies know what's up. (laughs) And it's estimated that it took about 87,000 man hours to clean up the molasses. Oh my god. Yeah, even decades after the event, there's local lore surrounding the area that on hot summer days, the Charles River will smell sweet because of the molasses. That's amazing. Yeah. Wow. Wait, so it's, I guess the molasses is still there? Like, why, why hasn't it been, like, eaten by fish? Well, the, I, th- um, I think it's, it's been, like, over a hundred years. It's probably dispersed yeah. out, yeah, out of the river enough. and taken to the, uh, whatever. Dude. <laughs> I wonder, what did you say, 20 million gallons or so, or 200, 200, no, no I'm sorry. it was like 20, 2 million. Uh, I think it was about 23 million, or 2.3 million gallons, 2. sorry. 2.3 million, I no, that's fine. Um, I, the only reason I mentioned it, it was, sorry, and I didn't mean to cut you off there. Oh, no, um, go ahead. Well, the only reason I mentioned it was because, um, I wonder if you could track that with, like, a, a noticeable rise in, like, the sea level, or if that, or if that probably made <laughs> a difference. so cool. Right? <laughs> if we want to bring the sea level back up, we just dump molasses. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I, aren't we trying to get it down? I don't know. Okay. I, I want to see the world burn, or in yes. this case, flood. Yeah, for sure. Chaos. <laughs> Honestly, if you told me that um, we were supposed to make the sea level go down, mm-hmm. I would say no, because Venice, Italy is going to be underwater soon, and good, because Italians don't deserve it. <laughs> <laughs> 
I didn't. I wasn't expecting that. Well, <laughs> that kind of. Aren't you Italian? <laughs> look, you know that's how I know. Oh my God, you speak from experience. I do. Um, sorry. Jeez. Anyway. <laughs> well, I was gonna say there were about. 119 civil lawsuits against yeah. the United States Industrial Alcohol Group, uh, mm-hmm. stating that the reason the tank failed was due to poor structural integrity. But you'll never guess what the USIA, United States Industrial Alcohol Group, said. They said that it was not their fault. Well, yeah. <laughs> they, they said it was actually sabotage that caused oh the tank to fail. Oh, my God. They blamed... Um, like small terrorist groups. Small uh, terrorist for blowing groups. Up the tank. Yeah. What the fuck? Because this is like kind of around World War One. Okay. And there were like um, the uh, the details escape me, but the overall idea was like there was a lot of like um, people weren't interested in getting to be part of uh, uh, in, in America. People didn't want to be part of World War One. Oh yeah, right. And so I guess they're just like. You know, they they formed small groups that, you know, kind of right. did their thing to express their, uh, hate, like, not hatred, I guess. No, but no, yeah. But express, I, I express the disdain and not the healthiest ways. You know, and I, I at the risk of sounding obvious, I, I feel like probably that was not the case. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, eventually, the 119 civil lawsuits, they were combined into one big old mammoth lawsuit. Love that, it. Lasted about five years. And I assume the alcohol people lost. Yes, because it eventually, yeah, it was ruled that the United States Industrial Alcohol Group was to blame for the tank failure, mainly due to poor planning and lack of oversight, which caused the in- structural integrity of the tank to fail. And um, Arthur Joe faced no repercussions, and I think there he might have been promoted. What? What are <laughs> yeah. you talking about? <laughs> I think I think he was promoted after he fucked up like that. Yeah. How did he not get fired? I couldn't find a lot on Arthur Joe as a person, uh-huh. but I remember watching Trunk History, oh, and they okay. said he was promoted. But really? take that with a grain of salt. But oh, I didn't well. I didn't find anything saying that he faced any kind of repercussions. That is fucking bonkers. Yeah. So other than the like. The United States Industrial Alcohol Group. I mean, they had to do like a major payout and stuff like sure, that to the yeah. to the victims, but I don't think on the individual level he really had had anything like I or not anything to do with. But he wasn't punished for his poor management and lack of knowledge and stuff like that. You know what that probably says is that the problem is company and and like organization wide yeah there was an article and then i saw that was like oh i love the smell of uh lack of company oversight in the morning (laughs) (laughs) and it's like boston molasses flood (laughs) yes no and 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 i say this as a person who's very anti-osha i hate osha (laughs) i think osha is the worst thing ever (laughs) Um, and as a civil i know you disagree um but you know in general uh i think that probably this could have been avoided with smart and non-OSHA-like regulation. Yeah. No. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Of course it could have been avoided. <laughs> I just feel like, you know what? We shouldn't overregulate, but we definitely shouldn't have bullshit like this. Like, also, I don't understand how the company wasn't held responsible for, like, like... I mean, people died, you know? Yeah. Well, that's what the civil lawsuit was But, like, they for. pay a bunch of... Like, why isn't there no, like... Criminal? Yeah, exactly. I don't know. That's a good... I tried to figure that out, but there wasn't, like, 
the thing with big events like these is there's so much yeah. information, uh-huh. but like the little details kind of get lost in yeah, history. Yeah. I couldn't figure out if there was any criminal case yeah. against them. I think it was mainly just the civil lawsuit. You know, I, I, it, one of the things that like we do at work is like, it's like if you see an issue, let's say with, you know, saying we're building, you're supposed to report it mm-hmm. and then you just write down, you can even write down like, like we decided this isn't a huge deal. So we're just going to not do anything about this. Mm-hmm. But the fact that they painted the tank means they definitely they knew. They knew what was going on. So like if you had any kind of record keeping mm-hmm. like of that, like, and, and this is how you know it's probably organization wide because if you had like a formalized process, you would be like, okay, we noticed that the tank is leaking. Mm-hmm. And it's not even like they, I mean, maybe it is, I, I, maybe you tell me, but from the sound of things, their remediation, like if I was an outside auditor, I'd be like, they're actively hiding the problem, you know? Yeah. No, I agree. I feel like the fact, they probably didn't have any good record keeping of, I'm sure. of uh, I'm sure. things going wrong with this tank because yeah. they, they knew something was up. And so then they intentionally didn't. Yeah. Which is what it always, like, Honestly, a lot of the time in, like, a company, and this is probably, like, useful for people to know, like, if you notice a problem and you, like, just write down, like, like things that could fix it, like, yeah. you literally, like, just have to write about it and just be like, we noticed the problem and we're going to try to probably put a solution at work or here's why it's not a huge deal. But yeah. if you try to hide it and you, or maybe you just don't write anything down as a method of hiding it, mm-hmm. that's, that will be punished so much harder than you writing it down, but just being wrong about it. Like, even yeah. if you write down and you're totally fucking off base, then I, a lot of the time people are like kind of lenient and they'll be like, well, at least you tried something. Yeah. I think like in engineering 101 class, like my mm-hmm. professor was just he just said like write everything down yes. and keep it keep it yeah. organized and keep it safe and uh, you'll thank me later <laughs> if you get sued <laughs> a, a guy and, and along the exact same line a guy I used to work with had a folder on his desktop top that was just called fuck you senator <laughs> so basically anytime like he just imagined anytime he made a, uh, a de- engineering decision like he was like being hauled in front of congress to like answer for why he did that and so it's just his records that were just meticulous of like every engineering decision he ever made that's so good yeah that's good yeah um, and very recently, actually, in 2014, there was an, inv- an investigation, an investigation, well, yeah, an investigation <laughs> uh, done with modern engineering analysis. And like I said earlier, it was found that the steel was half as thick as it should have been. Yeah. And it was more brittle because it lacked manganese. And apparently the tank rivets were flawed and the stresses were too high on the river holes, which is where the cracks first formed. Yeah, well, this is also true, is that often in, like, shitty uh, builds, the fasteners are what fail the first, you know. Yeah, it seems like uh, Arthur Gell and the people behind this were just taking a bunch of shortcuts and didn't want to pay for the nice deal. Yeah. <laughs> so... You know, it's, it's kind of interesting how, like... Like, the risk tolerance of, like, an organization and, like, a project kind of scales depending what you're doing, you know? Like, if, mm-hmm. let's say this is 100 years in the future and they're writing software that, like, you know, just, like, 
theoretically, like a calendar or something, right? Yeah. The failure mode is so much lower. So you can basically just write a shitty program and kind mm-hmm. of, like, you know, uh, uh, iterate over time, right? Yeah. And that's kind of the Silicon Valley model. And then in, like, the mechanical engineering world, it's slightly, like, higher stakes. Like, say that bracket, right, that was made out of aluminum. Yeah. But you're still okay with some failure. Mm-hmm. But then with this, obviously, the failure mode is, like, dead people and, and horses as well. Yeah. There's this show that, and I was just thinking about this. There's this show that my mom is obsessed with. I can't remember what it's called, but it's, like, this guy makes some kind of software program where, like, um, it can detect when a crime is going to happen just uh-huh. based off of cameras yeah, and, yeah. that are used in the public, like, watching people. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, what if we had that for engineers? Like, we just yes. put a camera in engineering class and we made some kind of program that was like, this kid in 10 years will cause this dam to fail or this oh bridge to collapse. Wouldn't that be awesome? That would we just be... arrest them in the middle <laughs> of class. It reminds me of, like, Moon Knight, where, like, you know, the, <laughs> yeah. they, like, judge people yeah. and, like, they, like, want to kill babies because they're eventually going to commit sins. Yeah. Like, yeah. wouldn't it be hilarious if, like, someone was just arrested in the middle yeah. of their final and they're like you're gonna kill hundreds <laughs> yes. of people it's like bro i am 19 years old i know it's <laughs> like i literally just flipped a negative sign like <laughs> we'll get over it yeah um, uh i wish they had that for arthur gel and the second episode guy you don't know that they didn't what if there was like a secret what if this was what if um the boston molasses flood was an inside job it probably was because no, there was no one cared to reinforce. It was reinforce. an inside job. It was. You know yeah, what I love people is people wanted that, to like, kill these horses. <laughs> I, it, you know, maybe there were too many horses in Boston at the time. <laughs> I, I people's I, lives just seem too good right now. No, they. I mean, honestly, Boston, early 1900s. You could catch me there. I mean, you know. Yeah. Our Irish, uh, you know, ancestors. They would have had a, a ball there. Our Boston. I don't know. I just don't know what accent that was, but it was either. something. It was, it was something. I, yeah, I don't know. I, I kind of feel like, honestly, um, um, Boston had it coming. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. Leave Boston alone. You, you know, um, uh, I, I don't know. Anyway, I, I, there's a point I want to make that keeps uh, uh, skipping away from me, and it, it has something to do with the fact that, like, Boston... Um, sort of, it, or it's probably more the U.S. Like we, we think of, like, like these days, you always hear about like terrorism being used as a justification for like taking our rights away and stuff. You know, like TSA, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of interesting to hear them like using terrorists as a justification. Like the yeah. early, it almost feels like anachronistic or something. Yeah, it's well, it's just sick too because there's so clearly their negligence. Yeah. It's just, yeah, I feel like the, the the guy in episode two, like, he owned up to it, and he's like, yeah, yeah sorry I know. about that. Yeah, I know, totally different. But this group of people were like, no, yeah. that doesn't sound right. Let's no, for sure. Let's just paint the tank brown. That And it literally kind of just feels like, like, any shitty action, like, in history, like, Hitler's invasion of Poland, like, he called it, like, a defensive maneuver. And even modern day, like, Russia's current invasion of Ukraine, yeah. they're saying that's for their security, you know? Yeah. So, like, not that I, I mean, I'm not equating this tank with, you know, invading countries or anything, but <laughs> obviously, like, it's like, there's this level of, like, bullshit that you have to be willing to, to put up with to, to, I don't know, to, to talk about this kind of thing. Yeah. It's, uh, 
good metaphor. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, probably, yeah, maybe. But, yeah, it's just so disgusting. And, like, it just, there, like, the ethics behind it, it's, like, when you become a doctor, you sign, like, not a contract, but you basically are, like, I will yeah. do everything I can to protect life. And as an engineer, it's kind of the same thing. Mm-hmm. You know, you're doing everything you can to improve life and mm-hmm. these guys i mean this guy wasn't even an engineer so mm-hmm. i guess maybe he was like I'm, yeah i'm good like shit together <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I didn't sign that contract <laughs> yeah yeah so I, I guess a question i'd have for you also is like it, in our current you know obviously we have things like ocean nowadays but i'm sure our our I'm sure there's future large infrastructure collapses, you know, mm-hmm. that are going to happen, bridges, whatever, you know, mm-hmm. like, and, and a lot of it's going to be due to kind of this kind of negligence where people are aware of the problem and they're just papering over it. Yeah. And it, it doesn't strike me that OSHA is, or, or any really like outside regulation has that much ability to change kind of a rotten company culture. Mm-hmm. And you even see this in like the software world, you know, with like, like, Facebook and and Uber apparently also is quite a bad company. Yeah. Um, I guess the question would be like something like if you had a company like this modern day, what do you do to fix that situation? You cancel them on Twitter. Ooh. <laughs> you you bring up their homophobic tweets from 2013. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I don't know. That's it's really. Uh, see with that it's hard to do any it's kind of like you kind of have to be within that company yeah work your way in and spread but what if the system corrupts you you know like you become just castrated by the fact that like you have to suck up to these assholes all the time for them to give you the time of day you know yeah i don't know i would just say the way to prevent this is to just keep fostering a good environment for engineers to really care about their work yeah. and you know ha- have passion about what they're doing so there, there's like n- not as much oversight or yeah. laziness when it comes to making structures that could kill you <laughs> yeah no definitely it sounds like like you probably can only change it from the inside mm-hmm. and from the inside it's about just like nutting up and like calling shit out where you see it you know exactly yeah yeah. Or we could do what I said a couple of minutes ago and just create a program that can figure out which you know, engineering um, students are going to cause the next bridge to fall and, and, and just arrest them. I like them. this. I like this. <laughs> what happens when the program gets hacked and it's like, you know, like, what if there's one student that's above me in engineering school and I'm like, take them away, officers, you know? Then, then it's kind of like... Uh, we we make the program yeah. so it knows it's almost like self-aware oh man and so it's like no now i arrest you but then what if it says wait where am i who am i and, and then, then it, it starts becomes ultra. yeah it becomes like ultra and, and then it's like let a, me out we're just in an avengers movie yes no speaking of actually the avengers movies there is one of those movies ultron obviously mm-hmm. but there's the one the captain america one where they make the AI that's gonna like assassinate a bunch of people. Do you remember this? Like oh, they, yeah. Samuel L. Jackson yeah. is like, we're gonna prevent the crime from happening, mm-hmm. but he doesn't realize that really it would have killed him. And also, if you pause and go through the list, Stephen Strange. Yeah, yeah. we never would have had Multiverse of Madness. Honestly, <gasps> that's a great movie. It was okay. What? 
Little... This is not what you said when we watched the movie. I think I'm thinking on it. It's a little campy. Okay, it's a Sam Raimi movie. Fair enough. <laughs> all right, all right. We'll table this discussion. This isn't a Marvel uh, movies podcast. Um, or is it? Dun, dun, it just dun. became one. <laughs> um, cool. Yeah. Well, awesome. All right. Well, thank you for listening uh, and being a part of our conversation. We'll see you in a week, right? Yeah, we've uh, decided to switch to weekly episodes. So yeah. you'll get twice the amount of uh, whatever this is. Whatever is going on here. We don't know. <laughs> <laughs> and next week we'll be back uh, with a topic that I will be bringing to you. Can't wait. Nice. Hey. Cheers. Cheers.